Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. 405 DGS on KMOX. Chet Pleban joins us. Hey, Chet. Hello, Dave. How are you? Good, man. So uh, former President <laughs> Trump is on his way to surrender in Georgia. Um, not so much the allegations, but just the process of this. Do you think this is going to be different than the last few times he's done it? Well, it's fourth time, so he should be getting the hang of it uh, about now. But But it's going to be different in the sense that he's not going into a, a comfortable courthouse. Instead, he's, he's going to surrender himself uh, to the sheriff, and basically in the sheriff's department or the jail. So, and, and then he's going to be uh, fingerprinted, which he, he wasn't the last uh, three times, uh, and he's going to be, have a mugshot taken, which didn't happen the last three times. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be, um, an unpleasant experience, or should be an unpleasant experience for for anybody. This isn't a fun time, you know. He's he's making light of it, but the fact of the matter is, you know, this guy's facing 91 counts. He's facing, you know, four separate uh, serious, very serious criminal indictments. Uh, the probability of of which beating 91 counts, I think for for me at least, is extremely remote. So. Yeah, it's, it's, so it's tough, you know, and, and you can make light of it all you want, but I'm going to guess that at the end of the day, you know, when, when he, t- he puts his little pajamas on, um, it, it's weighing on, on him pretty heavily, I would think, to any rational person. So it seems that things got worse for him in the last couple of days. I think everyone has now figured out that, yes, Mark Meadows has definitely, I don't know if flipped is the right term, but it is definitely not his friend and is cooperating with uh, with the government. And then the gentleman who is the IT guy, who for the Mar-a-Lago, there was a superseding indictment saying that uh, basically Donald Trump went to one of his guys who went to the IT guy and said, hey, the boss wants this uh, footage deleted. And at first, the IT guy said, nope, that didn't happen. But I I believe he had a Trump-funded lawyer. It's my understanding that he has now switched lawyers and gone to to Jack Smith and said, I lied about that and given incriminating evidence against uh, Donald Trump. Correct. That's employee number four, uh, Yusuf Tavares. Um, I believe the the allegation was that he met with uh, one of the defendants, uh, Oliveria, uh, in a closet someplace when he told after um, uh, Oliveria had a 24-minute telephone conversation with Trump who wanted uh, this taken care of. Um, and, And so now 
Uh, yes, uh, he has he has flipped uh, consistent. You know, he changed lawyers. Uh, he got rid of Stanley Woodard, who was his lawyer um, and and uh, a, a, a person in Trump's camp. Um, and now he has the federal public defender who took a look at, I guess, at, at the situation uh, and uh, ran him into Jack Smith and said, we, you know, we want to we want to change our testimony. Uh, I don't know what what kind of consequence there's going to be for him as a result of that. But it's no different than, for example, when um, yeah, Cassidy Hutchison, the aide to Mark Meadows, when she had a Trump lawyer at the very beginning of this and then changed lawyers, decided she didn't want that guy, um, booted him, got another lawyer. And all of a sudden she was uh, cooperating um, with with the congressional committee investigating this. So, you know, and, and that's why, frankly, uh, the government seeks to disqualify these people too um, for potential conflicts of interest because because they'll they'll favor they, they won't do the right thing for the client essentially and, and so we see that in this but the, but the, the the other story of the day and this is kind of interesting is is Kenneth Cheeseborough um, he is uh, one of the 19 defendants in the Georgia case what he has done um, and he's a lawyer but what he has done is he has said, uh, I want a speedy trial. And in Georgia, when somebody demands a speedy trial, that has to be tried like within a couple months. And so it has to be tried, I believe, by October 23rd. So, so Fannie Willis, uh, I, I guess, is calling his bluff, and she's filed a motion with the court saying, Okay, we want to try this case on October 23rd. Let's start it for all 19 defendants. So, uh, and she previously was looking for March of 2024. Um, I, I don't know what's going to happen here. I don't know. I mean, you have 161 overt acts in a RICO count, and you've got, uh, I think, 41 additional counts. I don't see how in the world this case could possibly be tried uh, between now and October in, in two months. Uh, I, I don't see how that's happening. And, and conversely, I don't know how the court, under the circumstances, can deny Cheeseboro uh, his request for a speedy trial. I suppose that he can separate him out because I'm sure that what's going to happen now is that the other defendants, not the least of which is going to be Donald Trump, uh, isn't going to want to be going to trial between now and October 23rd. So from both sides, uh, both from Willis as well as the defendant side, I, I, I don't see how in the world this, this can occur by October 23rd. But it's a gutsy move. Uh, on behalf of Willis to call his bluff, and I'm assuming that she's serious. I'm assuming that uh, that she'll get the case together. Otherwise, she probably wouldn't have said, and let's, let's go on October 23rd. Wow. So that remains to be seen. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. So. Okay. And, and the, well, we will be talking to you, I'm sure, probably tomorrow, uh, if anything happens tonight <laughs> in Georgia, but definitely in the coming weeks. So, uh, as always, we appreciate it. Thanks, Chet. You bet.
Sometimes it hits you, doesn't it? Yeah. Like it's just the it's just the world we live in. There's there was this pandemic and everyone got sick and we had to shut down and then this and this and this and this. And the former president of the United States has been indicted and looking at a thousand years in prison. And you just accept it and you go home and you turn on the television and you see it and you go, What? What? I'm just fascinated by the fatigue that I feel. I think if there were one case against him, it would be the biggest story on the planet and we would be dissecting every little piece of it. But since there are, is this the fifth indictment? I'm sorry, I don't know. Fourth. The fourth. Yeah, four yeah, different was... jurisdictions. But it's like so easy to get confused and what's going on here? Wait, which one is this again? Oh, yeah. Okay. Like I just find myself getting so fatigued I keep... and I can't be the only one. The part that feels fake to me, I keep like walking around my house repeating the phrase "1,000 years in prison." Yeah, like that—that's the part you've that seems done impossible. That. Yeah, which I mean, I'm <laughs> doing that anyway. You started when you were ten, shaking the neighbors and saying "1,000 years." Uh, I, I brought up this guy out of nowhere—the Italian guy that sang fake English, and we found it. Oh my we god! Found it. We got it right here. It's the best. All right. I wish the listeners could see this video. Oh, it's amazing. We don't stay in the shoes now, a whole building scene, then a whole red maybe get the color boss dying. Chance and my happy key to call, Bevis is staying yet, Bill Joe. I'm really nervous he's going to say something bad for some reason. Yeah, he's just throwing a couple of bombs. <laughs> he wouldn't know if he did. I kind of no, did no, the song. <laughs> It's not a terrible sound for its time, right? And I kind of pi- like it. You have to picture this video if you haven't. First of all, if you just if you just Google Adriano Celentano, you can see this video. But it's like it's like go-go dancers everywhere, and he's selling it, man. Like he did that though to mock Italians because he's Italian. And he was mad that they loved American stuff so much. He's like. I'm going to make this song with all kinds of fake English, and I guarantee it'll be a hit because it's all fake English, and they're going to think it's from America. And he was right. It was a huge hit. <laughs> I don't get that, though. The whole, like, I'm going to lie, and then they're going to fall for my lie, and they're like, the these idiots. people are so stupid. <laughs> I don't get that type of Well, he yeah, made like a lot the, of money off it, though, like I'm the sure. Mark, like the Mark Close carping. <laughs> it's like he just tells a believable <laughs> like, lie. you idiot, you trusted me. <laughs> you like, idiot. Yeah, I did. Who, who looks bad in this scenario again? I'm sorry. You, you assumed I wouldn't lie to you about this in- inconsequential thing. <laughs> here's, uh, here's a topic out of complete left field. Yesterday, we had all day to do nothing because of the rain delay. We're just milling around, just talking to people. And I spent an hour in my in the, my boss Steve's office. Do you Are you guys old enough, Wheels? I know you are. Are you guys old enough to remember the McDonald's contest with the Monopoly things? Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. They've done those as remember recently how, as like a handful of years ago. Like when it first came out, it like... It, it was just everything. Oh, it yeah. broke every it broke other place. Everything. Yeah. And I think there's a movie about it, even where like mm-hmm. these guys who I think were manufacturing the little stickers. Were yeah, just they were faking them to get the prizes. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. that was before, like, that was sort of the first like fast food contest yes. like that. Like now you kind of because yeah. of the McDonald's uh, monopoly thing, you kind of know like, all right, well now I'm not gonna, you know. They, 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 one of the other tricks I, I've heard that they use is, like, they'll only put one of the railroads on, like, the West Coast and the other one on the East Coast. So, like, if you go to, if we go always go to the same McDonald's and get uh, Monopoly pieces, we will never 
Like, there's no chance to ever get all the right Monopoly yeah. pieces. I've heard well, that sort of thing. That's not fair. Yeah, that would seem, that sounds illegal. That doesn't sound like a fair contest at no, all. No, that sounds illegal, like you're you're rigging it. I I, I knew I was going to win. Mm-hmm. The same way when yeah, I buy a lottery yeah. ticket, I'm like, well, there it is. You might as well not even buy that next one. Chief. Man, <laughs> well, that first time they did it, it literally shut down every other fast food place. Yeah. It's like, no cars at Burger King, nobody's at Taco Bell, but... There's like 80 people at the drive-thru at McDonald's because we're getting prizes. Do you guys remember in the late 90s when they had their Beanie Baby Happy Meal promotion? Mm-hmm. Of course. That was crazy, too. Were you and a Beanie Baby gal? Loved Beanie Baby. I mean, I'm right at that age where it was like, this is going to be my future is mm-hmm. we'll get the Princess Die Beanie Baby and it'll be worth $2 million. Yeah, no need to go to college. Wor- yeah, exactly. Every exactly. single person, white person, Megan, uh, 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 Rachel and I's age, has Did access you say to every single white person. <laughs> yes. I think he's right, though. Yes. Uh, what has has access to a a princess die beanie baby in a glass like a uh 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 one of the cases, yeah, yeah, plastic case, but not the actual baby. What you have the actual beanie baby? Yeah, yeah, like Didn't, the actual princess. So die it beanie wasn't baby worth anything. Uh, I think when the market tanked on every other Beanie Baby, I think the Princess Die one ended up uh, yeah ended up falling to the blade as well. But they are uh, they're still cute. I still have a ton of them. I have a I've ton of a Beanie whole Babies. Bunch. You should probably stop talking for this segment. You've <laughs> well, I saved a few troublesome things. I saved a bunch of stuffed animals like <clears throat> for my kids someday. My nieces are playing with them now, and I get so mad at them because they'll rip off the tags, and I'm like, that thing is 30 years old, and the tag has been pristine this whole time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that's a collector's item. <sighs> did you did you ever invest in any like just? Invest no. on the off chance. Well, because for invest because for kids they were toys, but for adults they were investments. Yeah, I mean we bought some for our kid because she was a kid that liked stuffed animals. <laughs> Wasn't like the investment plan. Man, it's it's it, it can't be easy for him being so perfect, right? <laughs> like, Not perfect. Just they were the the bird is better than you. Maybe the, yeah, maybe we're just Hoosiers, Andrew. That well, we I was also like- a grown ass person when that was all happening. <laughs> The burden of never making a bad judgment call on anything has got away. No, it's just not caring that you did. (laughs) That was a magical time, though. You had Beanie Babies and you had Pokemon cards at around the same time. Mm -hmm. And that was just, those were some good days. Uh, I'll tell you this for free. In fact, I'll bring them in if you want. I just bought the entire Planet of the Apes television series trading cards on eBay. And uh, it was just magic because, again, dork. I mean, like the biggest nerd ever spending all my time alone in my room. And I would lay all the cards out. And just like peruse them and read them and have Sergeant Urko talk to Cornelius. And like when I got him, I almost passed out. I'm like, huh! Ah! <laughs> like each one, I like it's I, him. I, yeah, I remembered all of them. Yeah, I'd still do that. I did <laughs> that with baseball cards. cards. Yeah, I still do that with trading cards. So, I still. Will. You want to get hurt? I'm fine. Yeah. So when my dad went away to fight in World War II in 1942-ish, he had a. A, between two and three hundred baseball oh, cards. Oh no! Starting is when he was a kid, in the twenties, and uh, Granny Haley, who he lived with, my grandma, threw them away. Oh, oh man. man, that that does we hurt. Dig her up and punch that's her. That's the most pain I've felt in a while. Isn't that awful. Yeah, that's hurting. I wouldn't be here right now had you'd she not be, thrown those cards you'd away. Be a <laughs> bazillionaire. 
All right, back on DGS. Dave had to run out for a minute. He'll be back here in a few. Uh, we'll take you to the bottom of the hour. Rachel, Andrew, and Wheeler hanging. You know, I was thinking about this um, while we were rightfully complaining about last night and the debate and how crazy everything is. Can I just say, at least we're not Russia. I mean, that's a did good you, point. That's always you, something to keep in mind. Did you see this Pergozin guy? He had his plane explode yesterday. Yeah. So the guy that led the Wagner group in their march on Moscow that never really got that far, but he made a deal with Putin. Like, all right, I'll stand down, but you got to guarantee my safety. Mm-hmm. Uh, he and his second in command were killed in a plane crash yesterday. And today the reports were that there was an explosion. Mm, on nothing, the plane. Nothing suspicious about that. Did you see the video? No, I did not. There's video of the plane falling to the ground, Ooh, like falling through the sky and crazy. But yeah, uh, for all of our problems, it's better off when you're in a place where your leader's not just flat up murdering people <laughs> that disagree with them. For 40 DGS, let's kind of talk about that a little bit of wheels. Um, as I've said, I've been watching a lot more baseball lately. Not just the Cardinals, but uh, I like the rhythm of the game. And sometimes it'll just be like, you know, two teams I don't care about. And yeah, I'll yeah. still watch yeah. it. And I've noticed a couple of things. I've noticed, th- like, the ump show is a real thing. Uh. Uh, they Now that you have that little box where you, you can see digitally where the ball goes, they make such terrible calls. And I, I said this before. I'm, I'm very impressed that when a player questions it, the player is almost always right. Like, the player seems to have a better sense of balls and strikes than the umpire, which is troubling. But then secondly, I don't know who did it first. Maybe Aaron Boone or one of those guys. But the whole, like, drawing the uh, the strike zone and getting down on their chest and getting a bat and doing all that, it, it's so 2023. It's so performative. It's so look at me, pick me. And I just hate it. Like... Managers have gotten thrown out of games forever. Players have gotten thrown out of games forever. But I just hate it when I feel like this guy just really wants to be on a highlight reel tonight. (laughs) (laughs) See, I love seeing that stuff. But, I mean, it's super casual fan. Anytime there's a clash like that and they make, like, a funny video out of it or something, I'm like, this is awesome. They should do more stuff Well, people have always loved the arguments. It was one of the things that people hated about replay. Do you think, though, that... uh, Umps and managers are becoming a bit enamored with themselves. I think, well, my view is it's kind of always been that way. I mean, like there's always been these rules like don't make the umpire mad because then you won't get a call. Well, that's BS. He should call the call. If it's a ball, it's a ball. If it's a strike, if it's a strike, if you're safe, you're safe. Like there shouldn't be any personal thing about that. You know, there should be no, well, you offended me. Who cares? It's not about your feelings. You're paid to officiate the game, officiate the game. And if the guy's out of line, throw him out of the game. Like, that's a whole different thing because some players are out of line. But I don't care if he shows you up. That shouldn't matter at all. Your your pride means nothing in this. But if they're being rude, if they're being more than rude, if they're being crude, if they're saying things you're not supposed to say, well, fine, run them. Or if they're delaying the game, right? Because a lot of times that's why they throw managers out. That's why you're not allowed to argue balls and strikes. You have this whole point. You're not allowed to argue. You are allowed to yell at them from the dugout. You are allowed to do that to a point. It's got to stop at some point. But you can't go out and argue because they don't want you to stop the game because there's 300 pitches a game. I've noticed something else that when uh, a guy's at bat and it's a close call, they went against them, but it's not a punch out. They'll turn around, say something to the ump. Are they saying like, 
So that was a strike? It or? depends. Yeah. Sometimes it'll be, is that as far as it's going to go? Is that in the zone? Um, you know, is it something, you know, they'll, they'll even, sometimes they'll even be like, dude, that's terrible. Like it, it's a mix of things. Sometimes it's just under, you know, like an under the radar friendly ish kind of thing. But other times it's just genuine anger. It's kind of fun though. Like, and, and you got a lot less of that in the amateur levels, you know, like in college and summer ball in college, you get a lot worse. People just don't care. So they're nasty because there's no suspensions or anything like that. But the conversations are typically like with a catcher, you're trying not to be nasty because you're back there for 150 pitches a night. You don't want any nonsense going yeah. on. You try to be somewhat friendly with that guy, but there are times where you're like, dude, that's not a strike. Yeah. It's just not close or, or we need that. That has to be a strike. That, yeah. ball's, that ball's on the plate. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.